0: this tomorrow the sole incorporated business entity providing legitimate financial support to our show that record got me high is a weekly comic which points out the ongoing perpetual and unceasing absurdities that we call existence this week's strip features a puppet policeman beating the shit out of a fox named mr fox for exercising his first amendment rights is this tomorrow and that record got me i hope that you are staying safe sane and healthy in this tumultuous stretch of time is this tomorrow dot com is this tomorrow dot com is this tomorrow until next week daniel the robotic voice bids you adieu and now on with our show Why? Why? I've been trying to bury
1: what? but it keeps. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's fucked up.
0: There's yeah. something wrong, but it worked this time. It worked this time.
1: All right. <laughs> well, if it didn't work, it wouldn't be toggling. That's <laughs> true.
0: You got have a point. You got a point.
1: I was trying to say, it was, I was trying since two minutes ago, maybe uh.
0: seven,
1: <laughs> seven, eight calls. Now, another thing, Hard sent me that link. You know, I got the secret treaty four channel, whatever bullshit. It, it was terrible. Yeah. I got to tell you this I'm one, not talking, the, I'm not talking about the material. Yeah. The mix. Not even, yeah, the mix was kind of bad too, but also that, that new kind of format they were trying to foist.
0: Yeah. That's two or four. Or, right. Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: Buy another stereo. like have four speakers. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> well, the, the thing with the, the, um, I will tell you that the tyranny, tyranny mutation quad version is better than the secret treaties one as far as what they did with it. And there's a few they they made less effort to sort of juice it up to make it more interesting for four different speakers. Um, so it's it's worth hearing Is it is. is the is problem it, I
1: have with secret treaties in the mix is like, yeah, some of this high end was just yeah out of this world. Yeah, it was too much. Yeah, true. I really liked the way Secret Treaties was mixed. And I went back, and I was looking at uh, the Wikipedia, and this whole, I remember as, you know, I'm 62 now, so. Yeah. This whole era about the the rock critic. Now, I love yeah. Richard Meltzer. He kind of fucking invented rock, right, you know? Yeah. and But, man, these guys, what they said about this record was ridiculous. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's you know, so Method funny. and shit. Yeah. Like yep. it, it made you feel trembly but not emotional <laughs> or, or weird shit. I, you know, Yeah. Or, I don't know what Bob Chris, got, you know, got B-minors.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah.
1: But a lot of there's times just, they oh, end up. When they had so much, there was so much say. Nowadays, you notice there's hardly any reviews of records anymore.
0: Right. Right, right.
1: Same oh. thing with bumper stickers.
0: Wait, wait, Yeah, there's no more bumper. Yeah, I know what you're saying I don't
1: know if you've noticed There's, in the old days, man Well, 70s, okay Yep There were a lot of fucking bumper stickers Right Because people You know, I got interviewed by um, The Guardian About why lyrics and songs changed And I think it's the same thing People went to other places You know what I mean? Right, Uh, right With music You can listen right? Without buying the records now.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I know. We don't have, we're
1: not looking for opinions from, uh, should I spend my money? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause you could just Actually sample go it. out and check it out. Yeah. yeah. You can run, run on YouTube people, and sample it. What an asshole. You are about, uh, some kind of political situation. Uh, you can put it on shitter or, or fake look or instant ham <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to put it on the bumper or it doesn't have to be in tunes. Right. I mean, I think some of the stuff is still going around. It's just negotiated in a different way.
0: Yeah, I think the thing you I know, think about the
1: we live in different things, and I, I'm kind of across, you know, coming at uh, my parents are like ba- end of ba- or maybe I'm the end of the baby. You are I'm 57. Yeah. I'm Sputnik, right? I yep. am. Well,
2: I am too. I'm I'm right at the tail end of the, the baby boomer. One. So yeah, I still get. Offended with okay, these. okay. Well, so
1: let me okay, tell you boomer. about this fucking record. <laughs> Speaking about, oh, okay, no, it's really important because I actually got it when Secret Treaties came out. Oh, it just came out, and I was going into. Uh, yeah, I had seen them. They they opened up with the uh, Stairway to the Stars. Yeah, but then in the Career of Evil, and which to me, well, here's here's the order of the way I got them. I got Tyranny first, then I got. Secret trees then I got the first out right I didn't know you know <laughs> it's funny about their whole thing you know right because but for a cat who had no experience with clubs or underground and only knew fucking arena rock right they were kind of mysterious. Oh yeah, right.
2: totally. You know wait, what I mean? Wait, wait. wait the wait, other wait, stuff wait. out there, Michael. No, right. Let us. In,
0: let me it's introduce. Right. We got to start the show. <laughs> let me introduce the
2: show. We're, oh, we're, no, recording.
0: Now. <laughs> we're, we're started, recording We're recording. Yeah, we're
2: taping. The... We're recording. That's we're, all in there. But let me just say, uh, welcome everyone to another episode of That Record Got Me Eye. That is Barry Stock.
0: That is Rob Elba. And as
2: you as you've already heard, we're we're deep in, in deep into it, into the thick with our You're special connected to Steve, bro. With our special guest, uh, welcome to the show, Mr. Mike Watt. Welcome to the show, Mike. Thank you for having me aboard there, Barry. With, well, uh, I'm Rob, actually. That's Barry. Barry's, deeper, yeah, it's fine. Barry's the deeper voice. With, I say Brad? With the Southern. Brad, yeah. <laughs> whatever. Tweet Rob, and Barry. There you go. Um, but you, so I was. Robin, Barry,
1: thanks for having me aboard, especially about talking about this record, because this record, okay, like the Secret Treaty thing, actually, I got. When you, right, you send in a dime to Columbia, and you get yep, 10, All these records, eight yes. tracks, eight <laughs> tracks.
0: Right, oh, right, yeah, right. You got
1: to send them back, or you got to buy them.
2: After, after. <laughs> yeah, but no one ever. Yeah, no
0: one yeah. ever. And I get
1: the album. I get the album of Secret Treaties, and on the shrink wrap is a sticker, and it's talking about some. They they use this term I didn't know before because
2: I think it's my last year of a junior high. Mm. Okay, so 74. So uh, 15, you were what? Maybe like uh, 15 years old, something like that? Cause I think,
1: yeah, I think, I think that's when Secret Treaties comes out. Because I, I think actually Tyranny came out at the beginning of 73. It did, uh, February 73. Uh, okay, right. So I, I get it like the next year. But I, I got it because, uh, yeah, this the, the sticker, and it used this term. That I asked my mom about because I'd never heard before. It said black humor. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I didn't know what the fuck. And so I asked my mom, Mom, what's black humor? Mm. She goes, Michael, what? You got to read this book by. Uh, Joseph Heller
0: called Catch-22. Yeah, 20. Catch-22 for sure. Oh, yeah. wow. Your
1: mom's... Fucking talent, you, know, you know what I mean? Yeah. So your mom was like, hip-hop. That's pretty cool. I want cool. you to go to your fucking room and think about it. Right. And, you, know, you know what I mean? Instead of just beating my ass right there, right? <laughs> <laughs> go find me a, 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 a switch, right? Fetch me a switch. <laughs> a telephone pole here. Knock me out, Pop. You know? No, but this idea of thinking about stuff, and even though they're both from working people and stuff. They were about that. So I go and I read that book mm. and I, I figured, well, black humor is kind of like funny, but kind of ain't.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of like, kind of like right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And their lyrics to, t- t- Now I didn't know what lyrics were for anyway in songs. I thought they were like lead guitar. Yeah, right, right. right. <laughs> Bob Dylan seemed like weird kind of relative at Thanksgiving mumbling shit. Mm hmm. Able, but i didn't really know what words were for in in the songs and that you know about making sense and stuff i thought the first gig that me and d boone saw was actually the same place we saw the next gig uh was long beach auditorium and they tore it down it's the opera house now okay all the dark personers were filmed there oh nice, they, nice. t-rex we saw t-rex ah. and, it was and then we see uh blue oyster Cult. <laughs> And, i mean we're talking two dollars and fifty cents right yeah. the the, the was not an industry under itself it was like the promotion arm of the record companies
0: yeah
1: So even the merchandise would be three or four blocks away some guys selling a bootleg a yeah. t-shirt oh yeah yeah I remember of that. the cover <laughs> so. yeah there was no ind- industry under itself it was all about just getting people there so they'd go buy a 499 record right yeah so the blue oyster coat if you if you remember tyranny it's got this sleeve
0: mm-hmm yeah
1: and, and you open it up and it's got this kind of you know the user V's and right uh, Roman writing and shit. yeah yeah and the other side though is them playing and D Boone paints me that ah all right yeah, for me it's like seven foot I don't know where it is now because of course it was a long time ago but he painted that month and it wasn't like a photograph thing it was his his interpretation but he had Eric and Buck doing mm. their guitar now and Joe Bouchard on the side and then Albert with the sticks. Yep. I don't know. I tried to do the same fucking thing in a weird way with that and the Kraftwerk record to make double nickels on the dime. I thought, why not pose a fucking record cover? <laughs> So I was trying to make tyranny... With cr-
0: oh, yeah. Otto. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when you saw them in 7D 17- <laughs> You know what I
1: mean? Records were really heavy on you in those days. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, because you...
0: Yeah, you didn't have, you didn't didn't have a thousand hit. of them. You had, they you had the ten.
1: Words. They didn't put the words. You had to send in. And they would send you back this white and green striped computer paper, and the words were there, but in block. You know, they just yeah. went to one and Yeah, it wasn't oh, like... right, It right, you was know, right. kind of fucking... Uh, lead sheet you would use in the studio to help them sing along, you know? Yeah, It's like, yeah, and actually the next time I saw something like that was on wire, pink flat. You you understand this? Blows to Way connected me with a lot of these other music things starting to interest me because they had some kind of mystery, you know? It wasn't a real weird way, even though I know they get called that. I went and made a t-shirt because the next year is high school, right? 10th grade. Yeah. And you know that's a big change in those days. Yeah. Uh, and so I make a T-shirt. I get a. I make that. I use that emblem that uh, Mr. Golick came up with. Right. Yeah. Right. Which is kind of like the Chronos thing. If you put a washer in them. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I or
1: some people think it's three exclamation marks and a question mark or whatever the fuck. But I I paint that on the back. I made a stencil and then I spray painted it black on the back of a T-shirt with no words. Yep. I, I, the first week of school, I walked around. I'm the only guy with that on, even though a lot of Pedro dudes would see them live because Long Beach is right across the bridge. You know, Terminal Island, right? Maybe eight nine miles from us, so that's where all, a lot of our gigs was, where we could see them. And 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 um, they played there a lot. There was a Long Beach Hard Rock station called KNEC, and they had a, a Texas DJ there, Ron McCoy, and he's the guy you hear on on your feet. In fact, there's a couple songs, uh, like Subhuman, okay. Subhuman, and Before the Kiss, of Red Cap, right. Might be Long Beach Arena. Okay. And oh, wow. In fact, I think you can hear one of our friends yelling at D Boone. <laughs> we could see the micro audience microphones. We were, Of course, you, we never got good seats, and you're a mile away, and we're yeah, on the side. Yeah, yeah, And one of our buddies is hollering, fat man, fat man at D Boone. Your kids, you know, Lord of the Flies. Explains yeah, I was
0: I was fat boy in high school, so I know <laughs> exactly all about that. This
1: motherfucker would say this shit to D Boone in front of his mom. Uh.
2: That's no good. <laughs> That's not right.
1: Yeah, kids are cruel ass. Right? They are. Mm-hmm. They, they
2: still are, too, by the way.
1: Mutation. Uh, so I get this record, and uh, for one thing, it's done way different than another rock. You can hear these guys, like, kind of talk in between their lines. Right. Oh, right, right. right. Yeah, I, I – remember i don't have any club culture i'm all from arena rock so everything's tidy people and lights and a lot of moto smoke because the moto sure. was really great sure. oh so yeah I, but smoke like 30 lenios so there was so much fucking smoke i mean the band and they were tiny guys i mean i didn't realize it till i saw on your feet on your knees when you open it up and the guitars it's like the rick derringer album cover right, right. yeah because yeah,
0: yeah. they're actually kind of short I, they're all kind of short guys
1: uh, kind of. <laughs> yeah. What? Who gives a fuck? but I know mean, that. the
0: guitars look big on them. But if you put a, a less I mean, it looks like a miniature guitar. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, well, who's the guy in the Argon band? Poison Idea. I think he had a nice name, like pig or something. It looked like <laughs> You No, know, he had a Stratocaster and it looked like a uke. Yeah, tiny. <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm
0: familiar with that syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice
1: cat.
0: <laughs> so oh, I wanna hard. I wanted to ask you about the lyrics because without you know, if you just listen to this record, if you listen to Tyranny and Mutation without a lyric sheet you may have a hard time figuring out exactly what's oh, going on i got
2: so many of them wrong i realize now when i'm just finally seeing looking the at the lyrics. lyrics and you
0: go oh and you could yeah but i didn't know
2: what fucking lyrics were for uh,
1: anyway so it didn't matter yeah but when i got him i was wrong also like big fucking time you know right. excuse me why i kiss this guy i mean it goes back to jimmy <laughs> <laughs> of yeah, course yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah of course yeah uh, when, when john fogey uh uh, oh, Creedence is a bunch tonight. of them. Yeah, yeah. The bathrooms
1: on the right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had
0: a guy I had some guy I had the uh, CCR's greatest hits from uh, the Philippines, the lyric sheet where they had tried to decipher what he said. And it was really, truly a Dada work of art. What the <laughs> Filipinos thought he was saying. Yeah. Well,
1: that's what I'm saying. I mean, at the end of the day, it sounds coming out of speakers. Totally. Yeah.
2: But you could even, even if you don't know exactly, you knew it was something sort of weird and a little mysterious. I always got that from them. Because no, you- but what got me was this other thing when it's, it's, well, here's
1: the other thing. They don't have a lead singer. Right, right, right. They sing right, different, right. They singing switch off, different right. songs. That's a lot different way of running a rock band yep, from uh, true. Little Richard and Elvis and Mick Jagger and, and Roger Zeppelin,
2: Yeah, exactly. And yeah. All
1: this stuff you got the one dude, right? And then you got the dude who can play the lead guitar, and then some other fucking
2: I don't know side the, mouse,
1: uh, side uh, bass
2: player. The, the, uh, the bass yeah, bass player, right. <laughs>
1: right. It was such a bullshit paradigm. But no, this this idea, but they fucked that up by letting, I guess, whoever wrote the song. Yeah. Right. Sing it or some fuck. Well but, but and thing- in their in
0: their case also the song the songwriting credits are all over the place because it could be Patti Smith. It could be, you know. It could know. be the manager, Sandy Pearl, right, yes. right. <laughs> right.
1: And then also the AR man, Murray Krugman. Krugman,
0: yep, <laughs> exactly.
1: In fact, I found out that's where the red and the black, because I didn't know about She's,
2: um, I'm on the land, but I ain't no sheep, because I got that record after this. Right. Oh, okay, so you didn't know that it was sort of based off that song, yeah.
1: Shit, I would know about Stock Forest Group and softlight White either, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. Look, Albert, you know, I got to know these guys, especially Albert and Joe.
0: I figured this and, much. Uh,
1: and, uh, yeah, the, they play on my wrestling record. But the, the original title of that fucking song is I'm Peeping Through Your Files. Uh, <laughs> and it goes way fucking back. Then. Yeah, yeah. It's about running from the draft by going to Canada.
0: There you go. Oh, okay. Yeah, that That's makes sense. I'm on the land, but I ain't no sheep. Right, know? yeah, uh, right. Oh, that, but, yeah, that totally makes sense.
1: Well, I found out that the red and the black, I mean, it's obviously uh, – name of a book too but they called each side this that was
2: trippy yeah yeah the first side was the black time
1: was this other like one big song fucking eight track i had called thick as a brick oh yeah right right but i like this one better it's better (laughs) yeah well this okay so the red it's got this song the red and the black right
0: yeah
1: and and i found out later the lick at the end of I'm on the land, but I ain't no sheep. Murray Krugman said, you know, that's a pretty good part. Why don't you forget the rest of that song and just play that lick? Yep, there you go. Now, you, and D. Boone have been playing that song since we were like 13, 14. Well, 14, I
2: think. Ah, okay, okay. 14, and uh,
1: we started doing this because my birthday's at the end of the year. I'm right. December 10th. so I'm in school, so I'm, I wasn't really 15 yet, so. But, and I turn him on this. When I meet D Boone, all he knew, you know, we're, it's the summer before we're 13. And he, he only knew Creedence. Okay. He didn't know any fucking rock bands. Yeah. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> well, Creedence, Creedence, were, all Creedence all shit, people that, forget that, how big.
1: All six of them. Yeah. Fuck Motra, uh, you know. Tom quit the band anyway. I mean, Sweet Hitchhiker's okay, but the rest of that's such shit. So, run, th- lot, run Through the Jungle's. Run Through the Jungle's tired,
0: pretty good. Run Through the Jungle's a pretty good tune.
1: No, I'm talking about albums.
0: Oh, oh, they're albums. Yeah, yeah, right.
1: Yeah, yep. by Pendulum is the last one with Tom. Mardi Gras is the next one, and it's a piece of shit. Correct. Yeah, you know, he wouldn't play on Stu. Oh, Stu and uh, Doug, you're saying that I'm taking over the band. Well, you're going to write you're gonna your write own
0: songs. Oh, my God, yeah. It didn't work out <laughs> well at all. No. But it was a Sweet
1: Hitchhiker's on there, and it's a pretty good one. Uh, the one you're talking about is on, uh, isn't it Willie?
0: The poor boys could be. Yeah. I just remember it blasting from, from across the, jungle, the street. There
1: with a, it's got a big jam. I've heard it through the grapevine,
0: right? Yeah. Yeah. Him well, and Clifford
1: we, go at it, man. It's people, pretty well, good. So the thing
0: about CCR is that people forget how huge they were. And for some reason, that has kind of faded from memory is that they were gigantic. They were incredibly Very, popular.
1: Six albums in three years. sixty-eight yeah. To 70. Yeah. yeah does shit like that
0: yeah.
2: well back then they did it more it was more there's like they'd... six
1: albums in three years yeah and never had a t- number one but like 13 number twos or something. exactly
2: yeah. yeah yeah right that's true never had an actual number one hit and so
1: true. anyway i had to learn all this shit but how co- i didn't know how to learn it because i couldn't hear the fucking bass lines
2: ah
0: so right
2: oh this
1: is where joe bouchard helps me out and in fact the bass playing on tyranny mutation is really key to my development almost as much as jack bruce you know, those guys overseas, geezer Butler. And- I was, yeah, yeah.
2: I was wondering that because listening to it, I could hear it. And obviously you guys it was do another it. U.S. guy too, a Dennis Dunaway. With, Alice um- Kilt- Cooper.
0: Yeah, yeah, right. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. The original
1: yeah. band before he kicked out. Yeah, well, right. The and then he kicked them all out. Right. I-, I heard he might play with them again. You know, Weird tangent. Albert and Joe play with Dennis Dunaway. They're called Blue Coop. Oh really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they live in Connecticut. Well, Albert lives in Manhattan. Yeah, and they have a band. Oh nice. Ain't that trippy? Because Dennis Dunaway's sister married the drummer Neil Smith. It's okay. trippy. You know, I mean you're a kid, I don't know this shit, right? You know? Yeah. But I, I grew up and I got to meet some of these guys and but anyway. Going back to my bass playing, uh, Joe Bouchard, very fun, who won't play bass now because, well, he's got Dennis away. <laughs> right. But both those guys were the two key uh, guys in like the, what would you call it, uh, hard rock? Right, Because right, I learned yeah. a lot of bass also from James Jamerson and Larry Graham. Of course. And for me, music is music, right? But bass, man, like a lot of times it was too blurry, like, like on the Creedence, you know, like a, I can hear now Stu Cook. Played some great things, but in those days, I, I just couldn't hear it. Also, you know, uh, Debo never used the album covers to keep the records in. Like, oh,
0: yeah, scratchy as shit. Yeah,
1: on, on it to keep it from skipping and shit like this. Yeah, yep. But you, you know, whatever. Your past leads up to here, so that's that's why I'm talking with you and stuff like this. But the, the, the red and the black, you know. After I lost D Boon and shit, it became the song that I play with other people. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, you know, because it's got two parts, right? <laughs> you know, it's got the chorus and the verse, and, and, you know, and, it, and and I don't know if you remember seeing it live, but Alan would come off the keyboard. They'd have three guitars. Three guitar players. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Right. Yeah, I yeah. saw him. I only Tra- ever saw him once, and uh, saw him in 1980 at a an arena rock show, and it was. The, they were mind blowing because nobody was Albert expecting came back for that tour in 1980. It did. Yeah. It was the, it was, uh, the whole, it was the original
1: line.
0: Now I was in a big, big stadium in Orlando. Oh,
1: no, this was a club tour they did in 1980 because okay. they played in uh, dance and waters. Okay. And I thought it was so bad. See, I know them from the earlier days, you know, and it was just never the same.
0: Yeah. Well, I have to say that day in 1980, they took the top of my head off and i was I was astonished cuz i was not expecting to be blown away by the bloister cult i was 13 14 i didn't know and they okay. were just astonishing you know they uh, op- yeah. and oddly they open you know you, you, you think okay you hear these songs on the but the problem is you hear sometimes that some of the later songs on record you go man that sounds really wimpy and then they play it live and you're like oh now yeah, i understand
1: I, I the the one song on tyranny that's like that was the second song they would play for like three or four of the gigs i saw od on life right no third song the second song was a career of evil i think or maybe i flipped them around i know they always almost stare with the stars that one too it's much more intense on the but the first album has a kind of wimpy mix it very much so spacey it's like spacey yeah like uh, richard Meltzer told me you know i got to be friends with him and shit. And inspect. You were speaking of lyrics, yeah, big time. But yeah, but right. uh, they, he told me they were really into two bands, uh, the Grateful Dead
0: and uh, Al Cooper with uh, the Blues Project or some shit. Wow. Like,
1: yeah, these were bands were big influence. Well, on I night. gotta
0: say, there's they they can say that, but there's a huge Steppenwolf influence on the sound oh, of yeah, BOC. Yeah. Huge. Oh like, yeah,
1: I think I think uh, Bucks Pop did sax okay so there's a weird kind of yeah there's a weird kind of jazzy thing in his hard rock licks more than a country thing he can do that too you know like with teams and shit but he 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 can put put these swingy kind of licks in there man they're really kind of interesting
0: yeah oh yeah that day that day i uh, saw him in 1980
1: i heard got kicked out for missing cymbals (laughs) <laughs> and Richard told me that was bullshit. <laughs> he was the only one not cheating on his wife, and him. you know, you learn this kind of shit, I don't give a goddamn. Anyway, so the red and the black, which you know, turns out to be a political song. You know, uh,
0: yeah,
2: we,
1: we didn't. know like wow, I said, I didn't
0: know what the fuck Earth. that
2: was about
1: back but, in the day. But, yeah, but, but that that tune is really easy to show other people.
0: Yeah, it's a riff.
1: I've been playing it with Dave Grohl and Pat Smear, Ed Vetter, and Dave Grohl kind of played it like surf. <laughs> yeah. There's just so many interpretations. And right. then finally, after all these years, Eric Bloom, they were, you know, only Eric and Bucks left. Yes. The side guys. And uh, they're playing some little old uh, Art Deco Theater in Beverly Hills. And Eric Bloom asked me to come. Ah. And I got to play that. And uh, they had Ka- Kasim on the bass set. Okay. Oh, uh, great Kasim Sultan, yeah. Yeah, great bass man. Yeah, nice guy, too. let me use his bass. I walk right up from the crowd. I didn't know a lot of the songs. I was watching the gig, you know. Right. But I get up there, and I remember Buck Dharma coming up to me. And his voice was not the Reaper or Last Day of May voice. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, this kind of, you know. <laughs> We're going to start this one here in E and then go to D. And i oh, you guys played it a little bit faster. But that's when we kick into the lick. Oh, nice. <laughs> I just looked down at this guy and I was like, that's his voice. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. It's almost like some other dude was behind him with his hand remember <laughs> like George a puppet a dude picking his ass he'd always go hand like puppet like a buck dharma puppet <laughs> I'm saying Georgie have you ever saw a guy picking his ass he was like ah hand puppet now, I'm not saying that buck dharma was a hand puppet but it was more like <laughs> Charlie McCarthy or um yeah oh yeah sure Joe Mahoney well, oh yeah not, yeah I, I, what, but then I'll tell you that guy has not lost it. He could. He's playing like this is a couple of years ago, and he
2: was playing like a
1: motherfucker.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. No. I, I, yeah. Eric, I, did. I saw him a couple it. years ago, and they still did great. And I saw J- Joey Bouchard, who, by the way, is a is an unbelievable musician. Like I saw him guitar. He switched, like you said, he doesn't play bass anymore. He plays guitar, but man, he's he's amazing. He's great. He can play everything. He right exactly. So let's. Uh, you for, know, he's so the last a- guy in the band.
1: Oh, yeah. The last guy brought into the band, I, I understand. Oh, From, okay, okay. So, anyway, we're talking
0: about the Red and the Black. Let, let's let's yeah, pause so the here. Red black, well, I want to play I want to play about important. a minute of the Red black. and the Black. For, That's a song p- I share
1: with all the people that I play with, yeah. and then I fucking end up actually getting to play the song with the blue oyster coat. With well, the dudes, dudes. yeah.
0: With yeah. You're living I asked, a
1: dream. Look at your life you're living. Of, uh, uh, dominance and submission with both the bouchard brothers oh, oh, wow. that's a, tri- that's yeah, a tricky that's a tricky a riff time. okay so i can't consider them blue oyster. they had quit the band i mean they're original members
0: <laughs> right yeah right, right.
1: it's not 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 joe but but albert is but they so. but i actually played with what's called the blue oyster cult nice i think kasim left i think they got another dude now.
0: well now i mean everything's up in the air now so well
1: yeah. No, last year they were recording a new yeah, album. but
0: now, I mean, I mean, me I mean now, song. now, you know.
1: And I, I, I I talked to Al, uh, Eric Bloom about writing about getting the lyrics and writing a song about that. He never wrote me back. So maybe they, <laughs> well, you they
0: know.
1: don't want me to well, write anyway, the But on the next song is Odino Black." Yeah, Live. but we got
0: we to gotta play the song. Yeah, we're so going to play the a little clip, we clip. We're, we're going to play black. about a minute of <laughs> red, red and the Black so our listeners oh, have some context. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I didn't know the fucking character. now there we go the red and the black. It's a monster. Now, you know right? what the Opener,
2: red black right? is, right? Uh, the well, it's
0: the color scheme of a Canadian Mounted Police.
1: It's the RCMP military. Dudley
0: Dudley oh. Do Right. If you watch yes. Dudley Do Right cartoon, it's the so uniform the he wears. if
1: you it's better than getting put in the army and going to Vietnam. I think that was
0: the idea. Uh-huh. Ah,
1: okay. okay. Remember,
0: this was in the '60s. Yeah, right, man. Right. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: <laughs> when it was when it was made, when this recording was was in '72. But
0: yeah. yeah,
1: it comes from them. They all went to college together at SUNY Stony Brook, SUNY.
0: Soft White Underbelly. That's where they were. Well, they were first. They were the Stalk Forest, oh, group, the right? Stock
1: Forest group, right? Stalk Group, right. Again, that's Sandy Perlman stuff. Yeah. But they went to college with him, too. He's part of the gang. Right, right, right. So yeah, house. They all lived in a house. They're from Long Island, a place called Oyster
2: Bay. So part of their name came from that.
0: Oyster well, Cove.
2: I have relative. I have many relatives in Long Island still. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> I'm there when I turned forty. Uh, John Coltrane is buried in Pylon near Dix Hills, where he last lived. And I, when I, he died at forty, you know, like Franz Kafka. So I took the. Long, it's called the Long Island Railroad.
0: Yeah. Under
1: under yeah. Madison Square Garden, Penn, Penn Station. Yep. I went out there and uh, well, I had to go twice because the first time I thought I was going to find him out of like 50,000 dudes.
2: Yeah, no.
1: know. <laughs> and he told me he's in the Gardner Sanctuary just to hit people. There
2: so you go. So, <laughs> so as most people know, uh, you guys, uh, Miniman, did a killer version of this song that was on yeah, uh, a three-way tie for last.
1: We never did it, that intro right right like, right well, okay
0: that intro like that intro is from, a, is from uh they picked that from a yardbird song that comes from uh one of the first yardbird songs that uh jeff beck played on but it's just it's that two chord uh just sort of like vamp vamp, like opening vamp. right and then they hit the vamp. riff if
1: you listen to, on your feet or on your knees
0: yeah right. Yeah yeah. Right.
1: And D boone loved that shit. Man. <laughs> well, you guys, did. you he guys was did. a weird cross between Sean Fogarty and Buck Dharma, and then he learned about Pete Townsend. So oh he yeah. Learned some right. But he's way into the way those guys. It's this weird mix. He really got into Buck Dharma after being, you know, brought up on. John Fogarty right was probably
2: into Scotty Moore I mean you know everybody's connected yeah
0: yeah, yeah. but also uh,
2: Mike I hear hear in this I I hear some prog like I always hear like a little prog and I'd always hear that a little with you guys too so I feel like that's in the mix somewhere even though it's much harder it rocks harder than most prog well they got a keyboard and the guy played album played a lot
1: of synths sometimes Eric would right right he also played a lot of organ a lot of piano yeah i mean look at the end of the day music's music so exactly exactly you know they also use the word heavy metal and you were talking about steppenwolf i think they're the first one right this ain't this record but secret treaty some heavy metal fruit Oh, right, yeah yeah, 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 right,
0: right, right. The uh, sure. about I, the uh, I, the me two sixty two.
1: Everything's fucking fair game, you know. They yeah. didn't give a fuck. Which yeah, was but great. they're
0: not really heavy metal. Blue Oyster called don't really fit. The problem is they don't really fit easily into now, any category.
1: I, well, okay, yeah, good. Yeah, right. Good. I saw tour, <laughs> Look, Mark. Look, that genre shits marketing anyway. And I saw tour marketed. Black and blue as Black Sabbath and Blue Oyster. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 But yeah. more hard rock than Black Sabbath. I mean, you know.
0: Right, they're the heaviest.
1: like cook could hang with that shit. They had monster licks.
0: They did. Look
1: at <laughs> stuff on Flames. Jesus Christ. But
0: they had a more of a subtle. They had, they had one, a subtle. On an
1: album, in was days. It was on a, a compilation album with Santana called "Guitars That Destroyed the World." It was called "Books." Oh Bugs yeah. And yeah. Oh yeah. Sure. No 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 It was right. instrumental. Again, sounds like a sax riff. Yeah yeah got, yeah. Fuck, is pretty fucking. A deep dude, he is. And what Richard told me he was kind of quiet, not not a lot of words. He he spoke with his guitar playing, right. So the second song, yeah, let's. Uh, let's we're gonna to play it. it. We're gonna play a
0: minute, and then we'll talk about it. So you ready? You want to introduce it, Mike? What's the second song?
1: Odied on life itself. Now, song is, the
0: song's got some very no but funny, i got this
1: tune. this tune for me is like the weakest on the album because of my experience not not the song itself but the version because my experience of the gigs oh yeah right and i first met this at the first gig me and the boom went t-rex the same thing where records played at gigs songs from records played at gigs don't have to sound like the song on the record.
0: Well, let me tell you, okay, that when I saw him in 1980, the song they opened with was Dr. Music, which is not a song that you're ever really going to enjoy listening to on the album. It's wimpy and sort of, you know, doesn't really do anything for you. But they came out and they opened with this song and uh, uh, um, uh, what's the bass player? Uh, uh, Joey Bouchard. Joey Bouchard sings it and it was mind blowing. And you'll never experience that song like that any other way, except they were just on, you know. They were, for whatever reason, that sundown in Orlando in this big arena with all these people who probably only know one Blue Easter Cult song, they were mind-blowing. So, you know, uh, that's my, that was my memory of that. So now I listen to Dr. Music, I'm like, yeah. And the same thing with o- O.D. Dunn Life itself. Yeah, it's not a, um, doesn't kick you in the ass
1: when i saw t-rex he would play a couple minutes of the song off the record and then get on his knees and play lead guitar for 10 minutes right so, <laughs> and you know so that was where i first whoa you, you can do a different thing at the gig what these guys did was okay look the intro is fucking you know holly's in a the T-Rex, grass, yeah t-rex fucking bang a gun yes right, yeah. yes well t-rex mark <laughs> bolan wrote mark bolan wrote
0: three chuck- songs and he did them in different configurations over and over again so uh, it's,
1: it's a chuck berry riff right where you're
0: yeah 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 oh yeah yeah the chugga chugga yeah exactly what's
1: the fix it, it's, it, it's
0: you play that play the fifth and that you play the fifth and the sixth alternating with the root and you've done that that
1: comes from piano right it's boogie Boogie piano. absolutely Rock and roll is actually piano music. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we won't tell them. Now, now so this is what they did from the version, and which has always tainted my mind because I saw them before I got this record. Oh, uh, right. So yeah. Here's that, yeah. Big difference is the chorus. And on this album version, it's got this little organ and kind of beach boy vocals.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: What they did live was different. It was OD, bam, bam,
0: yeah, yeah,
1: oh, yeah, life, yeah, yeah, yeah. OD, yeah, yeah. oh, D, no life itself. Yeah. You know, this
0: big, you know, um, bombastic, big. Well,
1: right, well, maybe not bombastic, but some maybe Burton Cummins or <laughs> <laughs> that guy, but something right, like that. Okay. You know? Burton and Cummins, and, you know, the guy at Winnipeg, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, every every who, right? song
1: had to end with a fucking scat. Don't really want it because I don't really need oh, yeah, it. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, every yeah, song had yeah. Right. it. Anyway, this had a really kick ass chorus, and for some reason, they hadn't developed it yet. Yeah. And I think it's because they had to write the songs. I mean, some of these songs they already had, obviously, and they reworked them for this album. But, you know. What had happened is the band would work real hard, do a lot of gigs, get signed, and all those good songs would be on the first record. That's it. The best, they gotta like write in the studio, and they're not developed in front of uh, gigs. Uh, not, gigs. They're
0: not road tested. They're not you can't. tested again.
1: Yeah. Okay. There is a famous blue ten-inch with four songs from a pizza shop. That's live. Oh
0: yeah, I've got that's incredible.
1: Okay. That's yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of a promo thing CBS put out in between. I think it's got Workshop of the Telescope. Yep. Or yeah yeah so anyway, back to Odido on life. This, this my favorite line is like a mummy's inscription in the bat wing tongue. and of course, <laughs> Eric Bloom would have to put his hands you know over his eyes, you know, upside down, you know, mm-hmm. like yeah, that. yeah, sure. yeah. I mean this guy, he really had for me a great, great stage persona, and he worked. Od'd on life, really good. Now I remember reading the interview in Cream. Ma- Cream magazine was the only rock magazine I would read. Oh, yeah. I remember- yeah. loved Cream magazine. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah, boy all the uh, best uh, ones were fucking chill rags. They were fucking yep. bummed. Yeah, boy, and you know, boy, know what? I, uh, what
0: was the um? What was the other one? There was one Rock Scene had some. Occasionally, you could pick out some New York stuff out of uh, Rock Scene magazine, but yeah, Cream was the one. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I'm t- I'm talking about the seventies. I mean, the competition oh, yeah, oh, was. Yeah you know, hip parade and circus and oh, yeah, rolling. Yeah, 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 right. Right. just like that yeah, yeah. okay so um, b- back to OD on life it's really a cinematic tune man it had all these parts and they weren't that complicated right you know,
0: but and, uh, lyrically, just, lyrically, it paints. Uh, it's this just very odd. That's the it's mysterious.
2: Well,
1: what I wanted to say about the interview was, yeah, we met this girl on the road and she was really OD'd on life. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Right. That's what that's basically what it is. But it's sophisticated. It's pretty sophisticated. I a teenager. I didn't know about that. Shit. No,
0: I didn't either. That's why I didn't know about that Well, it's of that like shit. before the kiss of Red Cap. It's about going to some bar and don't drinking don't wine and taking speed. But they turn it into this completely different thing which just leads you on this sort of mental journey that's very different than the sort of plebeian origins of uh you know oh i, I met this girl and she was really od'd on life itself the song is way more than that you know
1: yeah uh, i thought red cat was uh, most days we had a down it was called second home
0: yep right and we call them reds and that's Maybe why it I, was I, a downer yeah yeah I'm yeah not a, i
1: think cause that's what dudes would do they would Wine drink, and Reds. beat okay down. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. what the thing was, the fights, no one got hurt because they were all in slow Drunk, motion. <laughs> wasted. Yeah, uh, but dudes would puke, uh, choke on their own puke. That was the that bad part.
0: Also, yeah. Well, that's, well you
1: know, we,
2: always good, and bad. Drugs, uh, don't don't
0: always good <laughs> at bad. Don't do drugs, kids. There's always
2: bad. There it is. All right, so we get to the third. third the, the, so, so, go, go ahead. Uh, uh, so, fact, this is a weird
1: song because it's the only one when I listen to. That doesn't sound like Terry Mutation because my mind was tainted by... A right, right, not, yeah, I, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, yeah, it's like if I go and listen to um, Dr. Right, music. But they
1: say yeah. in a jury trial, you can't unring the bell. No, yeah, yeah. once it's the out there, it's be out <laughs> there. Judge has to be careful what kind of information gets sent in court. Correct.
0: You yeah. can't
1: unhear it. Okay, nope. Same. this is what happened with me. Now, the next one is Hot Rails to Hell. This is Joe. Yep, Joey Bouchard. All right, ready? Let's, let's listen play, to a little bit one of, minute hot of Hot
0: Rails to Hell. hell. The heat from below can burn your eyes out. Is he talking about the yeah, third third rail? The out, third rail on I found the subway? Out about
1: this, tune. this tune is about what they want is you know, right, they're not Manhattan guys, but they want to see a gig. Yeah. So they gotta park in Queens or some shit and take the yep. train yep. That, yeah, it's uh, about going. Subway. going it's to about see a show. Subway ride.
0: Yeah, and the the the, the okay. uh, yeah heat from below can burn your eyes out. It's the third rail. And I've never never touch the third rail. it's
1: some summertime.
0: Oh, it's the, hot. The
1: heat from below is very sweaty. It's mm, so fucked. Yeah. So so Mike. So what's funny about it? He said he says darn. Yeah. <laughs> 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 okay, I gotta tell you about this too. The guitar playing, especially at the end with D- Buck Dharma. The high-end the treble had an incredible influence on d boone okay this is where d boone gets his whole high endy thing yeah you know? yeah ah. it's from yeah it's from hot rails to hell black dharma like, wah, 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 and right. i gotta tell you the production on this record is really open man it's in your fucking face like yeah. they're really playing there it's not all these uh
0: effects like no. buffering
1: out no, yeah, no yeah. and the
0: guitars no, are not very distorted. So it's everything's very clear, and there's a lot of little parts and interplay and things. There's, it's orchestrated.
1: That's distorted, though. You hear it really good on, when we'll get to it. Mistress of the Salmon Song. Right. And D. Boone loved this because it was Eric Bloom, and of course, he just doesn't play guitar. He plays stun guitar. <laughs> yes, uh, yes, yeah. right, right. right yeah. Now, this <laughs> is why, one of the reasons why D. Boone changes his name from Dennis. Dale Boone to d boom because on the back of the record it's E-Bloom on ah. stun Guitar ah. there you go that, that stun Guitar because we didn't know who the fuck was who on the record right of right. course yeah so, so that trebly shit that we hear at the end yeah, the yeah, beehive the right. yep, fucking yep, brain yep. that's yep. we thought that was the fucking stun Guitar
0: yeah
1: now ah. actually that big fat uh, one one note uh, what do you call it polyphonic uh, no monophonic
0: yes. guitar on a uh, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I know it's just you're... of the salmon salt. Exactly.
1: <laughs> so I was always a big... I, I, was... I don't want to jump the gun. But I'm, I'm just telling you in, in terms of what, because you know people ask me what kind of bass player you are. Well, I'm D. Boone's bass player. So you got to <laughs> know a little about D. Boone. And, th- and this song had incredible... And again, the parts. They're not really complicated, but they break this stuff up to try to make it dramatic in a cinematic yeah, way. Exactly, it's like it is, yeah. Roof, you know? Yeah, and other rock and roll wasn't like that. It was either like, you know, ride this rift to wherever. Yep. First course, verse, bridge, verse, course. You know, the BOC was a little different that way, a little more imagination. Right. It might that, have been, uh this blues project band that they were into and stuff, that's what Albert and Joe told me. Because the, these guys kind of experimented with the form and stuff. Because they weren't yeah, it wasn't so predictable, you know, and things had come in and there was be a reason for it. Yeah. Right. Course, there was a lot of Buck Darm playing lead guitar. But I mean that and that song, you know, it, i was saying a couple of reviews on that Wikipedia page say say Meth I just think people were playing so slow before that. <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah, on, compared yeah. to shit like uh, you know middle class or oh my god, right? You know, even Wire, you know, okay, maybe Sex Pistols, yeah, right. But the stuff isn't really that fast. And if you want to hear hard rock played on on uh, stimulants, listen to Jimmy on, especially the live stuff. Oh, sure. Because oh the, sure, right. The management always had them drugged up so they could do all them gigs. Yeah, and you can tell really fast playing they, these guys. I don't feel sketchy. I, I don't feel anxious. No. Uh-uh. I, I feel like these guys got a fucking five man group. Yeah, that everybody's got a fucking role. Yeah, I don't really- think you. I don't
0: think you can be wasted or fucked up and play this stuff effectively because you really have to pay attention. There's a lot of different uh, little uh, nuances and things that happen that you will. Uh, you're not going to be able to remember and how to, you know, where they happen unless you're on point. So, yeah, I never got the impression that these and guys And by the weren't.
1: way, notice when, in between the lines, even before he starts singing Joe, you can hear him yelling to the other guys in the booth, Yeah, who? Got-? You know, Mark Boland used to do a lot of that shit, too. Before solo, it would always be, Rock! Or, right, <laughs> <you know>. yeah. <laughs> these guys, they're talking, you're almost in the studio with them. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You're hearing all these trippy sounds. I mean, by the end of the record, after one of Richard's songs, there's a toilet bowl flushing.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs>
1: I think Teen Archer, right?
2: Or maybe it's before that. Uh, so, so uh, after Hot Rails. Yes. So seven. I, w- I was going to say uh, one thing. I was, I was,
1: say I was, one more thing about Hot Rails. Okay. The player writes a song, sings a song. He's not just the you know the retarded friend that you put in right field in Little League.
2: No, <laughs> no, we would never like, say you that. Give him the fucking wheel. You give him the rudder. <laughs> Right, <laughs> right. Um, that
0: would that would be me. That really? was I was the retarded <laughs> friend. You know what? It
1: was, was the only thing I could compare it to was live at Leeds and my
2: wife.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. John Entwistle. Sure. Yeah. yeah like, right. Well, yeah.
2: And uh, heaven and hell. They open it yeah, up. They open, open it up, up. with fucking have yeah. with the bass yeah. player singing the, the song. Spider. Who would do that? Yeah. Um, all right, so what I was going to say is I was a big fan of live albums. Uh, so I got uh, On Your Feet and On Your Knees uh, before this one. So I had already heard, um, uh, you know, uh, Red and the Black and all that. I heard actually has the live and Hot Rails to Hell. And this next one here, which was also On, uh, on Your Feet uh, and On Your Knees. Uh... Oh, Barry's, getting, Barry's doing a refill on his coffee. So, <laughs> yeah, but that's uh, I, I work backwards from that, and then uh, some. Enchanted- real muddy,
1: uh, real muddy mixes.
2: The good mixes on uh, on your feet or on your knees is subhuman. Oh yeah, yeah, subhuman is great. Yeah, the opening—that's the opening track on there. Yeah, yeah. Hot Rails to Hell and and and, and Seven Screaming Disbusters. Bad mix. <laughs> well, I didn't know. As a teenager, I didn't know. Good I, I mix, like the bad performance. mix. <laughs> I like the performance. He has a twofer with Albert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I have, uh, you know, I was listening to those on eight track probably at the time, so you know, yeah, d-
0: those sounds so good <laughs> those eight tracks. So I'm back, and uh, it's just
2: the
1: mixes they were inconsistent. You know, they were done at different venues and uh, whatever. Right. The right. subhuman one is the best on on your feet or on your knees, in my opinion. Right. It's, All right, as far as Bucks Boogie's pretty good, but but this one here, Ske- Seven Screaming Disasters, bad mix, but great performance, and it turns into like that John Fogerty uh doug clifford thing at the end of heard it through the grapevine yes yeah. yes right except it ain't at the end it's kind of in the middle right right, right. but Let's, this is a weird this is a weird song And, that, and, and now on and this one it's different because the whole band's on board but they lay out they make it really cinematic it goes if it's kind of following the lyrics which is kind of spooky scary it's probably about chocho or some kind of stimulant I, yeah well,
0: actually you know I, re- I read a really weird interpretation actually came that apparently came from Eric Bloom that the did, it's um, the uh, tip of your penis tip of your penis and the Diz busted busted Diz is when you would uh, come so that seven screaming Diz Busters bust or seven, are seven like or seven like hot women yeah. that would cause you to uh, cause you to uh <laughs> Bust a nut!
2: I don't know why there were seven of them, okay. but uh, let's listen to yeah, but seven. Seven
1: screaming! The, 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 when duster's dust becomes a sail, I mean, you know.
0: Yes, not. let's uh, right, hear a minute to... of seven now, screaming. Lucifer, dis- uh-huh.
1: Lucifer is uh, is the la- uh, yeah word for light. So when they say That's Lucifer right. light, it's not really. I don't think getting into the devil. It's no. actually. It's a, it's a dictionary
0: definition. We're not worried about that anymore. Anyway. My teenage
2: self really thought it was about the devil, though. <laughs> I didn't know Here better. we go <laughs>
0: seven screaming dizz busters.
2: I want to say that really quick guitar run thing. That is very uh, D. Boone sounding to me. Like I get I hear D lick, playing. Yeah, yeah. Kinda uh,
1: yes. it's kind of jazzy. Yeah, it's swinging. Yeah, yeah. It's but not also, a but uh, kind of. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, Buck had a had a jazzy kind of thing about. That. I think D. Boone really. Did. You know, D. Boone loved the song Pete Townsend did called Sunrise. He said that's how oh, playing playing jazz. There was something trippy about D. Yeah, that he. Oh, yeah, you know, you learned it from like arena rock bands because <laughs> we didn't know sure. anything about John Coltrane and shit until punk. Right, yeah, right, right. We didn't know. So these guys, in a way, were, were the guys who brought it to us first. We, you know, we were such ignorant. Well, yeah, yeah there's kind of there's kind of, of a, there's
0: kind of a thread, you know, that goes through that goes through sure. music. Like, and these guys were like they they were a, a gate, gateway band to other things. You know, if you listen Absolutely. to what they're called now, you hear them singing the verse.
1: And you hear them going through the chords, and you hear Joe Bouchard doing those fucking bass fills. They're total influence on me.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. Which is James Jamerson, you know, which is fucking Dennis Dunaway, which is, right. you know, but all these... But by the way, the in od on life, it's so fucking pneumatic. It's, it, even that lady in Talking Heads, you know, where it pumps it up. Yeah, I Tina. Mean, Joe Bouchard, yeah, more and more, I'm, I'm learning to appreciate... Without knowing it in those days, how much uh, influence that guy—he helped me uh, appreciate other bass cats too. Well, yeah, I mean,
0: if you listen to James, James, oh, James, yeah, James okay. Jamerson, is untouchable. You listen to something, some of those bass lines that James Jamerson played, and they're just works of art. You go, yeah. and he's, he's just like, and, he, and he's like coming, he's playing one, them on no, the spot. He's not working them out. He just like, no, here no, they, no, they, they sessions. they're they the track. Like, here's the, here's the. Here's the chart. Are you ready? Top 20s. Unbelievable. It's
1: only on one of the records, the, the Marvin Gaye one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. When this guy pumping him out. He had to improvise and improvise all that stuff. Carol King, John, Joe Osborne. Oh yeah. These, uh, oh, yeah. Guys. Anyway, uh, what's really interesting about this too is that thing I'm telling you about with the syncopation. When you take a real simple interval, like in the chorus. Yeah. That F. Yeah. And then, and then fucking Albert's got on the hi hat and the shit. No, I mean, this is yeah. some...
0: It's orchestrated.
2: It's very sophisticated for a bunch of guys from Long, Long Island, Island, New York.
0: That's what's amazing well, to me. Uh, yeah, I mean... And the guitars are not. No, that's the no, thing. No, the I guitars are Sly not. Stone, it's not I heavy think metal. Sly Stone
1: said, "Sly Stone said, it's not where you're from. It's where you're at." Yeah,
0: yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, the and the you guitars are not. There. It's pick, pretty right, clean. Right. It's not like they've got their amps cranked up. Everything is pretty cl- clear and clean, and but it still portrays. It still manages to get across this intensity and uh, the. The um, menace of their the the song and the sound they have this menacing sound.
1: There's a lot of right hand. There's the right handed. So so there's a lot of rhythm. There's a lot of rhythm. So Buck's doing shit like this, building up a fucking uh, drama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, this it's very thematic. Then he lays back down. And they're, they're making it really cinematic. Here comes organ wheels in, you know, and their rigid
0: arms. So how much do you how much do you and
1: think? Their evil signs, you know. And this is the one on the live record where they break down. as just Buck and, and Albert. Yep, yep. But uh, and then at the end there again, you hear the clock. T- <laughs> and then, the, and then they count to fucking seven, which is so weird.
2: <laughs> it is weird.
1: Yeah, I, I love. that. Well, it's the holy number seven. Seven. Seven's, seven's the, the holy number. number. I mean, I should know that, but to count to seven. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so, how much yeah. do you
0: think that Sandy Perlman had to do with their sound and the arrangement of these things? Because he sort oh, of he was
1: write the shit. He helped write the shit, and then he was big picture. And Albert told me about the last time he's with him. He's in the hospital. And he's got a tube in his mouth, so Sandy can't say shit. So Auburn said he really gladed it out to him, and he, but he got to tell him he loved him. Uh, you know, they good. had this process the whole time. There's a tune on
0: Secret Treaties, right? Yeah, we, we did Secret Treaties uh, about a year and a half ago. Oh,
1: no, but what's it called, that, that Metallica covered? Oh, Astronomy.
0: Astronomy, right.
1: Yeah, but it was part – yeah, it was part of this opera that Albert and Sandy yes, were writing. that's right. right. That's yes, right. right. Yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> I can't remember the name right now. But they ended up finally getting to do it and shit. I don't know. But you know what? These, like I said, these guys go back to college, you know, and they have a real tight relationship. And Sandy ain't just some kind of like an Albert Grossman guy. No. He's, a, he's actually in there writing the tunes and coming up with imagery and all kinds of shit. Right. Name for the band. He, he, I found out – I didn't know this as a kid, but I saw his name on the labels – But I didn't really understand his roles. I didn't understand what producers were anyway or. or, Yeah, right. We didn't know about any of that. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. you didn't know. What I thought was interesting was all the names and they were always different. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Different kind of fucking lineup thing, you know, but it's always sounded like the same band. It didn't sound like different bands, even
2: with the different singers. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, it did. It did. Um, and all right. So we got the record. Now we flip it over. That's, right, right? That's the side red. Yep. Now we got the red. Uh, now we got the red side, uh, which is side two. And this maybe. the No, wait.
0: OK, so which sides? Red? We got to sort this out. because no, You guys are on the different black. Pages. No, the first
2: side was the black.
0: OK. Now Rob says is. side one is black, Mike. So it is and you do you have that album or are you looking it up the wikipedia page which you're confu- you often accuse me of? <laughs>
2: no I'm I'm almost positive that the side one is the black and uh, side two is the red.
0: What do you think Mike is that possible? I don't know if the song's not called the black and the red. Yeah, <laughs> you know what it is it's supposed to be uh...
1: No, but this is one reason how you know. There's a Patty Smith lyric on the first song on the black, right? Yeah. Baby X dog Right, exactly. I'd okay. like to make it with my big black dog. Right, so here okay. so we so go. Like to, is the, all right, so I think it's the at black At the time guy. uh Patty Smith was Albert uh, yeah. Allen's
0: girlfriend. Girlfriend, yes. Uh,
1: all right, let's listen to a Baby, little bit of
0: Tom Verlaine. Uh, of course. Baby ice dog. Baby ice
1: dog. It's the reason why I got horses. <laughs>
0: see, she made life to me Her
1: to see, oh, give me a chill.
0: Not good going on in that arrangement right there? Buck's guitar is that riff he's playing is is that's not a simple, easy riff to uh, just just play off the top of your head. You
1: know what? It being a Patty Smith lyric, my, and I think Joe Bouchard did this too. You know, Charlie Mingus. I don't know if you ever read Beneath the Underdog, but he never composed on the bass. He go play play on the piano. Yeah, and this song was written on a piano, and I think it's Buck interpreting
2: the piano thing i just love how you call it uh, uh, uh piano
0: <laughs> well yeah and you know there's every, that, every note has a butt. one yeah, of the right. best mingus records is uh, uh minga <laughs> so oh, yeah where he actually doesn't play well, bass the where he plays piano. Was, uh,
1: well the first song you wrote was m- called mingus fingers
0: <laughs> right yep right yeah We
1: I mean, have your book a lot of it's b- bullshit and stuff like that but well so, uh, well it, exactly it's like the quincy Troop miles book you know but they're good i think i, I recommend re- reads to both those beneath underdog and uh miles davis Autobahn. but anyway yeah back to the the red side and the baby ice dog uh yeah you wouldn't think oh hard rock band and the, yeah kind of piano music and also this kind of trippy ass
0: yeah uh, what's you talking about
1: no, but they're coming from a woman.
0: Right, that's what right, I mean. Right, right.
1: She's kind of putting her place as a, a male rock and roller. Yeah,
0: yeah,
2: yeah definitely,
1: definitely. It's just, just, just all these layers of weirdness. As a boy, I didn't know, but I knew it was different. It was even different for this record. In, it in is. Record.
0: Yeah, it's a shift, definitely, lyrically, well, all of a sudden.
1: Also, because, uh, like, the other side, the black side is more like almost... They all go together, especially the first three tunes. They're
2: almost one song. Yes, yeah, that's why I used to always listen to this man. I, 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 when I was younger, I definitely listened to the first, the black side more than the other side, just because I would play it over and over again. You know?
0: Yeah, right.
2: <laughs> and then the red side,
1: it's, it's, it's got, it's got the different uh writers, yeah. outside guys, right? They got Richard, even yep. though Richard's from the first album and stuff. They got Patty, and Patty will make another. Appearance with Career of Evil. Right. And then they're yes. on uh, Venus Gemini. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but I I, 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 look, there was a, this band that was really great at gigs. Maybe the records weren't so good, but I saw them blow away Grand Funk. They were called, uh, they were from Boston. They were called uh, Jay Giles Band. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Jay Giles Legendary had had this. Yeah, good but it doesn't have to be a big monster guitar lick.
0: Right, right. It can be
1: just a good rock and roll and, and there's something about this tune that was always like that, this with me.
0: Yeah, Jay Giles Did is he, kinda like N R B Q. You see him live and you're like, Oh my god, that was yeah. incredible. And then you hear the record and you're like
1: something yeah, not, something
0: didn't make the trend doesn't make the translation.
1: Well, Black Oak too. Black yeah, Oak exactly. great like gigs, but the records are like corny as hell. <laughs> yep. Not recorded yep. that well. But, but, you know, it's just tough. It's just tough. And some band, you know, they work the room. And if you think about it, a gig. But the thing about a record is it can be, yeah, the band can be all dead and you can still hear it. So they both
0: have, (laughs) right? There's that,
1: especially this record. This record does not sound like fucking on your feet or on your knees you know it, it's trippy it it's is trippy it's yeah. No it world is. just it like is. the first album is but i like this one a lot better there's something about it that just spoke to me i it just yeah in my face and and this baby eyes dog and you know the trippy kind of lyrics where you don't have really have a chorus right keeps repeating over and over it's all these different weird kind of imageries and yep that, that's different for a, a guy coming
2: from marina rock Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. It is. And it just telegram it, it, it,
1: Sam is out of its mind too. I mean all, all <laughs> a lot of them were the, of the fuck. It's probably the dealer, right? Right. Tell Sam your my main
0: uh, i I w I'm gonna guess that's probably true. Yeah. I never <laughs> thought about that, but I would think that you're, you're probably right. Yeah, you know, yeah. I think jungle so. face Jake and all that shit. Oh, well, he's, said, well that's actually that's him. That uh, that's Mark Bolin doing Howlin' Wolf doing uh um, Wang Dang Doodle, where he lists all those characters, where he says, you know, we got uh, Automatic Slim, Razor Toad Jim, Butcher Knife Totin' Annie, Fast Talking Fanny. They're gonna pitch a ball down at the Union Hall. But
1: the baby ice dog. <laughs> right. I mean, but it, it, it's a good thing. It's a good thing, you know. No way that because this is the problem. With hard rock in a way, it, it tried to say there was only one kind of rock and roll, and that's bullshit.
2: Yeah, oh yeah. Or, or trying to say there's one music,
1: right? right. It's all. Music. Yeah.
2: Well, uh, the fact that a band like the Minutemen, you you find out that this was such a huge influence on them, and you wouldn't normally no. put them together like. In, I got but, yeah. but it makes sense, like it you know, yeah, it, it's they a linear a thing. They, they gave us the Geo. It was okay. They're the they're right. the launch pad. You exactly. know,
1: they say it's okay. Let the freak flag fucking fly. Yeah. It's yep. not just a slogan. It's not just a. Bumper sticker. You live this shit yeah. like we, Jamie Connell,
2: You know. Now let me ask you something, Mike, because you you were lucky enough to get to like uh, meet these guys and everything. But did uh, D Boone ever get to, or did, did did he miss out on that? Did he not get? Because you you know you've you've met these guys and hung with these guys later on, but he didn't really get to do that, did he? Oh. Oh. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. And it was
0: right after. It was uh, a
2: couple of after. well, but they they heard about it. you know Albert and Joe
1: came to my gigs. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, Music. I wondered
0: about that. I and then that Firehose they're...
1: did open up for Blue Oyster Cult at this time. Al La- Lanier was still in the band. They didn't have Joe or Albert. Right, right. But yeah. They were playing Riverside, and this is what tripped me out. We come out for sound check, and I thought, "Whoa, they're doing an acoustic thing." But it was not acoustic guitar mics. It was their
0: singing mics. Oh, no. <laughs> like I said, t- they're tiny guys. <laughs> right, that's what I I said. There, you know, that's why the guitars look so good on them. Because when I first they're
1: Albert, he came and saw me play in Manhattan, and I hug him and I'm and I said I've looked up to you my whole life, and he's looking up at me like, yeah. Okay. <laughs>
0: I wish, right? That's yeah, yeah, yeah. the
2: words. I could feel the foot going into my mouth. And... <laughs> no, no, I'm sure. He, I'm, I'm sure, sure he loved
0: it. I'm sure he did too.
2: <laughs> um. All right. So let's get into. Who, who knows? You don't know, being tiny. It might make you want to play harder. I don't <clears throat> know. You well, don't... that's
0: what. That, well, that's the thing about Buck Dharma's playing that always blows me away. Is because yeah. he's he's playing some really complicated, intricate shit, sophisticated shit, and yeah. his. He's Boom. not a big guy. He doesn't have big hands. It's not like Hendrix where he's got gigantic hands to be able to, or Tal Farlow or anybody, you know, to be able to play stuff like that. He just does it with, you know, his, uh, what he's got. It's impressive. Probably, probably uses light gauge strings, though. You know what? That always helps. Gets you a little more fleet fingered if you drop that, drop down to the nines from a ten.
1: Well, The amazing thing is he hasn't lost it. When I when I uh, got to play the red and the black with them, I mean he was fucking kicking like Cato. Uh, yeah. that
2: that's
1: good to hear, man. That is good. To hear. Mean, he was, you know, Eric's lost his voice. Some um, voice is different than fingers, though. But yeah, man, fuck, yeah. Fuck, not pedestrian at all. Every note counts. He don't waste shit. Even um, he can jam too, man. Some of that shit can go on and on and on. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, like get me two on the live album. Maybe two six, I think the whole band leaves the stage. Yeah. Oh, and uh,
0: it's just bugged arm up there. Play. Yeah.
1: yeah all right so you let's come uh, out and, uh, right and it's almost like john coltrane you know here i'm gonna play my fucking sax until i right I remember he asked miles davis once miles yeah how do i how, how yeah. do i stop and miles just yeah. well, so take, take the horn out, out of your, mouth.
0: your fucking mouth <laughs> <laughs> miles always had a, a way with the catchy I don't turn of phrase really
1: said that, but that's in the book you know
2: It's a great, you would hope so. It's a great line. (laughs) Actually, he probably said
0: something, he probably said something worse, and that's what ended up in the book.
2: So, yeah, the next Uh, dude. he talks about Quincy
1: Troop at the end. He says, the motherfucker said, I said motherfucker too many motherfuckers. (laughs) And then Quincy Troop said, well, he had 14 different ways of saying motherfucker, because it could mean everything from really good to really lousy.
0: Well. I, 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 this is a to, okay all right what? this is a total tangent but you can listen to it's on spotify or at least it, that's where i saw it there's these um session reels from miles davis 60s album recordings where they take it's the entire thing they use to record a track and then he would edit it together into what we think of as the actual completed tracks but it's a yeah, bunch Miles of different things yeah Miles
1: smiles on corner stuff like that
0: exactly well there's a lot of Miles talking in there and it's worth hearing just for to hear him <laughs> berating and or teasing the band members and talking about somebody stole my motherfucking hamburger give me my where's my motherfucking hamburger and just very plebeian stuff but that's very revealing about Miles' personality because he was he alternately abusive and very funny <laughs> and you know complicated character
1: yeah yeah only one. I remember if, uh, he said you were dressed good, uh, you know, with, with a like a broke dick
0: dog. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. Wings yeah. whetted down. Yeah. But you don't
1: have a special life like a lot of those brothers. They couldn't go to their, uh, you know, yeah. his daddy was very successful dentist. He goes to the horse ranch to dry out from the heroin. I mean, yep. a lot of those guys yep. do shit. John Coltrane up in that um, room in Philadelphia two weeks. Yeah, man. But no, they're, they're all character, They're all individuals, you know. And, and and the Blue Oyster Coat guys, especially this record, man, there's a lot of individualism. Like, here's another Joe Bouchard song. Yep, yeah. Now, the yep. first time, I, I, I figured it out when I get the first album after this, and there's screams. Because by Secret Treaties, there ain't no more Joe Bouchard songs. <laughs> oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. yeah. But uh, there is. There's screams. There's, And I remember asking. For some reason, I asked Richard Meltzer about these lyrics because I never asked him about lyrics. Yeah. Especially on his
0: own. <laughs> but uh, he, yeah, he said something about Tolkien or some shit. Oh, this one? Okay. All right. Yeah, well,
2: this definitely is a little <laughs> yeah, yeah. This has a little spacier, more psychedelic feel to it that I feel like foreshadowed kind of what they did later on. Yeah. Uh, but let's listen to a little bit of Wings Wetted Down. <laughs>
0: I, got, I never would have got the t- tolkien, tolkien thing until you said that but it's yeah, in there you know, for sure
1: wings way down i mean yeah but listen to that guitar that's eric uh, yeah Look, yep see how distorted and well, um, that one's that strangers. that stands out because that's, that's a, about a the stun
0: own, guitar that's a stun that, is guitar? that the stun guitar you think? <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> well also i wondered which came first this that that song or electric funeral by black sabbath because it's pretty much the same riff um wow 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 yeah, wow, wow wow that's, that's paranoid and I think it's
1: 71.
0: Uh-huh. Uh, okay. Aha Yeah. Oddly enough, but, I had you know I, I had Paranoid in nineteen seventy one.
1: The rhythm section is jumpy jazz, bum bap, boom, bap where oh, Black yeah. Sabbath Bill Ward oh, no. is. Oh yeah, I know.
0: Uh, Black Sabbath <laughs> is uh cough syrup yeah, sludge. Yeah, really cough syrup sludge. yeah topics. man.
1: Gothic kind of thing. Yeah. So you're right about the interval. The interval is the same. Yeah. But the rhythm behind it is a little... Totally different. Little, oh, yeah. yeah although yeah. The, the Black Sabbath would get into some kind of jazzy shit, too. Oh, you yeah. You could tell Phil Ford was in... Yeah, because they're all... A lot of those guys are really into Ginger Baker. Of Almost course. all those guys of those yeah. days. And oh, okay. Ginger Baker's t- totally coming from jazz. Yep. So he influences all those guys, from Mitch Mitchell to... Uh, all of them. They, they, all, they all tell you that.
0: Right. Yeah. He, he
1: had a big influence on, on a lot of people. Even I was hearing Nick Mason say that, even though he didn't have the ability. Yeah. Still <laughs> by the,
0: yeah. <laughs> Nick Mason was really good at the mid tempo rock. No,
1: he's great. He's great. But this idea that a jazz guy, yeah. not really an RB or a blues guy, is the big hero of the, the, the rock and roll drummers. Yeah. It, it, that's the thing about it. You take blues licks. In intervals and then you get a jazz rhythm thing behind it yeah it's all brothers still i mean it's all yeah. coming from music but it's kind of you know from different angles and it's a mule right rock and roll's always been a mule you're you're breeding yeah, exactly thing. yeah so it, it yeah, there's it keeps- some of those
0: um there's some footage of ginger baker he would have these drum battles like there's one with him with Elvin Jones and it's kind of amazing because for one thing Ginger, oh, yeah. Ginger Baker's got a big fucking set of balls to get up on stage with Elvin Jones and have a drum battle yeah, with John Tony Coltrane's Hatton's
1: drummer Hatton's, uh, fe- uh, oh, yeah right, right exactly Niteria.
0: yeah Tony who uh, uh, our, Tony unfortunately just passed I think it was last week or two weeks ago
1: uh, and then Ginger not too long ago
0: that's right yeah
1: there's a great documentary on him where he breaks the dude who made the film uh, yeah. right in the scene. face
0: that's that's yeah <laughs> Because he didn't want Jack Bruce talking. (laughs) Yeah, he hated Jack Bruce, and Jack Bruce hated him. Um,
1: Yeah, Jack Bruce got kind about it. In in the documentary, he's not talking that mean.
0: I think, I'll be honest, we've we've covered Ginger Baker here before we talked about it. I think Ginger Baker was mentally ill, and he had some sort of personality disorder that was just untreated, and that was his whole career, and he was an incredible drummer, but as far as his behavior, I think the guy was just, he was just a mess, unfortunately. (laughs)
1: I agree. But he had a lot of influence on these cats. Yeah. He want, Yeah, he made it okay to play wanna play jazzy stuff in rock and roll. And right, Albert's right. doing all kinds of that, especially in this tune. Uh the, the next one is 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 the Richard Meltzer. It's also where Buck gets to sing. Buck likes yeah, Buck gets to Buck sing like to sing
2: Richard's words. Okay. Right. Now let me ask you before we play this real quick, I'm just curious. Richard Meltzer, you ended up working with him and doing stuff with him. Did that all come just from you being a a fan of them and him knowing about that? He's part of our movement, okay?
1: He, you know, he's a New Yorker like those guys. Right. But then he comes to SoCal in the early 70s, or, yeah, 73 or '74. And he gets involved with the punk movement. Oh, he had yeah, a band That's right. He was on. into punk
2: and everything. TV, yeah.
1: He played the whiskey. He had a radio show on KPFK on Saturday nights called Hep Cats from Hell.
0: Right. <laughs>
1: and he would have people on like Johnny Rotten or John Kale, and he played all this trippy ass fucking music, lots of stooges. Right. I mean, uh, he was very involved with the scene. He was good friends with the guy who ran the Slash magazine, Claude. Uh, they called him Kick Boy. Okay. Claude Bessie he was really you know and we we knew him from uh, the only guy we liked reading about what you call rock right right? with Lester Bang I guess he's, Lester stole a lot of his writing but he also let him write a lot of <laughs> magazine and stuff right. and then uh, actually we get to meet him and stuff and, and we want to collaborate with him yeah us minute, and in fact Minutemen was kind of it was a bad time uh the black flag guys got put in jail for yeah. some kind of thing with that unicorn record. Yeah, to court shit and, and and so I sent Richard Meltzer. He, gave, he one time he sent me in the mail a playing card. It was uh, I think an ace of spade. <laughs> and uh, yeah, because he couldn't, he wanted to see a gig, but he had to go to a wedding thing.
0: Oh,
1: sent me this. You know, one day you you know I owe you. So here's a card. So <laughs> I sent him this card back. Playing card, right? Yeah, and, I was, and then the, a month later, we had just come out with a, a little five-song seven-inch called the Bean Sp- Spill EP, right? Thermidor, Joe Joe Carducci's Thermidor label, because SST was having all this trouble, and so all of a sudden, there's a review in Cream Magazine. Of the Beach Billy P from Richard Meltzer, from ah R. Meltzer. okay, right. and you know what? Well, the first thing he says, you know, these guys are scientists rock. So I used it in the Minutemen song. We
0: are scientists
1: in rock. Part two, we're, we're scientists rock. Yeah, man. that's and awesome. it comes to Richard Meltzer. Now we're gonna he writes ten poems for us, and he wanted to play saxophone, and we were going to be his band. And, I, and in fact, this is right after our last tour, which we didn't know, but the REM thing. Yep, up for right and and D Boone's the gear's still in the boat and shit but D Boone's gonna go visit uh, a girlfriend a relative or something but he's got fever and shit he's red as a lobster and I, I remember bringing him the 10 lyrics I made copies I said uh-huh. we gotta look at these we gotta make music from these this is Richard's lyrics yep. for us and go, don't worry you know uh, I'm not driving I'll be in the back and that's the that driveway back. got you now uh, comes 2004 so what 21 years later yeah uh richard by this time he has moved up to portland he's tired of los angeles he wants to you know yeah just change the scenery and and he gets to see a lot of live jazz up there and stuff and so anyway he goes into a studio there and records 48 poems 10 of them are those 10 poems okay
0: Ah. so
1: 38 more and then You know, there's cussing and shit. A lot of people couldn't handle it. But I find these two – this husband and wife in Tokyo, their English ain't too well. Like, Mr. Uh, Meltzer is uh, uh, using a little bit of obscenity. Oh, yeah, a little bit. (laughs) Just a little.
0: Just a (laughs) spy. We got a spice. We went
1: in there and we did 65 little bits of music and put it together. It put use 48 of those poems and then had 15 instrumentals and we called it spiel gusher. and it came out in 2010 so i'm actually on an album with richard Meltzer. oh that's nice one. and uh mr Shimi mizuko of tokyo <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome man <laughs> so, that's like spiel the uh, gusher the rock my own label french uh, ranch you could go mike check it out but uh, the, the, there's always been that connection you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, and it's not just the blue, it started with blue oyster cult, but it was also the, uh, the SoCal movement.
2: All right. So let's listen to a, a little bit of this song that he, uh, that, he just, that I will be upfront and honest and say, I have no f- fucking idea what the song's about at all, but let's listen to a little bit of teen Archer.
0: Bass playing going on in that song up underneath uh, uh, what the uh, the music. There's some
1: yeah, there's some great drumming, and then there's the lead guitar in it is scorching. Oh, yeah, yeah, Dharma's got some tasty stuff oh, he's doing man. there. Yeah. And then you yeah. click, you know, that flat third. See how they can work blues in and it's still yeah. swing? At yeah. that yeah. interval, you know, it's the same one on 1970. I feel all right. Yeah, you know? yeah.
0: feel all right. Yeah, it's in I G. Feel all right. It's got that ring and it's got that ring in G chord at the beginning too. Yeah, now now
1: I now I mean, it's, it's really fucking that. It, it, it's the same interval that's being used on uh kick out the jams and stuff. You know that was. Yep. I think even Richie Blackmore used it for Smoke on the Water. Of course.
0: <laughs> yeah. Don't get. But, I, uh, but anyway,
1: it, it's it's a rock and roll, uh, sh- kind of a, a, a shuffle rhythm under it, but. lyrics always trip me out too like what the fuck's he singing about but I think Buck liked that about you know, he w- it uh, took a Richard Meltzer lyric, and they had a
2: big FM radio
1: hit later called "Burning for You." Oh, yeah, right. burnin for You." Was,
2: I didn't realize till I was doing research for this that he Crazy. was involved in writing the lyrics. Not too, I had no idea. That's 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 awesome. And I think there's something that the way Richard writes that Buck likes. Yeah, yeah, and and it's like you were saying before, Buck sings. So you got three different singers, but it all sounds of a piece. Like none of them sound like out of place. No, because like, like you don't, r-
0: unless you. I never really think about who's singing that song. I'm like, oh, it's that song. It's a Bluestra cult, it's, it's Bluest yeah. cult song. I never think about that. You know, it, it, it's it's Buck or, or or it's Eric or whatever. I don't... It never occurs to me. During Albert, the song. too, man. Albert, Albert did
1: City's on Flames. City's yep. on oh, Flames yeah, or Rock right. and Roll. Yeah, yeah. Albert right. did uh, uh, also uh, Dominance and Submission.
0: Oh, and that's one of the great rock songs. I mean, that's... You know,
1: Albert, I mean, Albert, even the drummer, the guy who never sang was Alan.
0: Right, Alan Lanier, right.
1: I think he might have sang True Confessions.
0: Oh, yeah. I think you're right. That's right. Because they
1: all got four tracks. They all It was the first time where they did songs separate. You know, they all lived in one house and made songs together for those three records. Oh,
2: right, and with right
1: secret yeah. it was, Well, there's the live album and then Secret Treaties and everything changes. Yeah. They all get four tracks. They make demos. Yeah. Hear it. The yeah. songwriting is, is uh, organic, you know? Yep. Yes. So, but t yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of surreal. It could have been an instrumental, but it's got them trippy lyrics. And, you know, and I think Richard really inspired Buck. I, I really do. I, I, right, I think right. about it. Uh, it. It's not a Sandy thing. And if you notice know, the song, I think it's Eric, him, and uh, Richard for this one.
2: Oh, right, right. Yeah, it is. It's Eric Bloom. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. And, uh, the
1: last one is more like the Diz Buster thing. It's got Sandy. Right. Yep. On life,
2: red and the black, yeah, yeah, mistress, oh.
0: mistress of the salmon. Um, so, this one,
2: what I, I said before, one of the songs was like the, the dark, creepiest one, but this, this is it, this is
1: the creepiest yeah. one, and this has right. got the huge stun guitar,
2: yes, yes, of course, all right. But this is a uh, um, uh, Eric Bloom singing it, but this is a uh, Bouchard and Sandy Pearlman, uh. Uh, composition and... Uh, remember remember the, the big opera that they do later? This is like one of the first installments. Ah, okay. okay. Makes sense. All right, let's listen to a little bit of Mistress of the Salmon Salt. The district, where the plants grow
0: strong and tall So for those who don't know, quicklime is what you, uh, if you're making an improvised, a, a mass grave, quick, quicklime is what you shovel on top of the bodies to keep them from stinking, to uh, to uh, preserve melt, them, suck the water out of them. Melt the bones. Melt yeah. the bones, yeah. So what's the story? What's the story yeah. of this?
1: They build the music up to this drama, and then they go like, Coast Guard crews still take their leave. <laughs> Listless in the sun. Yeah, I mean, who writes stuff like this? You know, it was like the them like taking on Joe's wings wetted down. Like, who's going to out Tolkien? Yeah, yeah <laughs> right, right. You know, but also the salmon salt.
0: Salmon okay. salt. Yeah,
1: yeah. climb the whole thing about uh, sex being dirty and filthy after it's done. Ah, and mm. that kind of trippy kind of thing. You know. Uh, so, so, do you I, think? I, 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 I think there's something like this. The 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 reality, you know, it's it's trying to get a little, uh, yeah, it's it's kind of moving out of the uh, Mondrian kind of abstract uh, Kandinsky thing there.
0: Oh, <laughs> it's just yeah, just tossing some paint up and seeing what what it yeah, looks it's, like.
1: it's getting more into the William Blake kind.
0: of <laughs> – oh, oh right, uh, right yeah, right, okay, gotcha. Uh,
1: but 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 they were still the, the way they 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 sang them, and and the rhymes aren't so. You know they're they're using strange science fiction and and, and fantasy kind of ways of putting things. Well, but also they yeah, yeah, but it's a biker lick in a way, and it's hard rock.
0: Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> 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 yeah,
1: <laughs> and they're using all this masculine thing to talk about this, you know, whatever uh, a female, of, female uh, serial
2: killer. Well, it's kind of like a, a female serial yeah, killer. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. That's
0: most my take on it. Yeah, yeah the quicklime yeah. girl, she kill you and throw, you know, toss some quicklime on your body. To uh, yeah, dispose of you.
2: The
1: most dangerous thing for a rock and roller is the evil groupie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know who knows? You know uh, who knows? Uh, or, or just just man fear of women thing? I, I don't know what the fuck it is, but right, right. It might be just a thing that we all got to die. There's nothing about sex, right? That
0: right. Right. So, so Could be.
1: We got, only got so long, so don't pretend. Be for real. That's it. And and then they you just have all, they just call her. You got to live life. You just don't say life. You you live it. So I, I think in the, in the long
2: run, there is a very positive message. <laughs> okay, well, yeah. I'll take your word. I'll take your word for it. It's got that that outro too. That whole outro part, which that is it, really cool. It, yeah. the, the toes that crawl, the knees that jerk. Yes. yes. The necks like swans that seem to turn as if inclined to grasp to or, or pray. pray. I mean, it's like at least you're doing something, <laughs> Right, I'm not right, just fucking right.
1: thinking about it. You know, <laughs> and, and, and you know it's got the, the you know dark shadows, Barnabas Collins, and the way it ends with a, 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 a stuttery kind of thing. Well, right. well another well, thing
0: about them is that they do the, and we've uh, talked about other bands that are like this as well. Is that they do the thing that Andy Kaufman did in comedy, which is you can't tell whether they're sometimes they're being funny and sometimes they're not dark comedy.
2: Well, black humor. We come back to the the original what you said,
0: the black Black humor humor, that you had to ask your mom what it was. Right, but you can't always tell whether it's slightly, it's slightly, it's actually really dark, but it's also funny. So they've got those, they blend those two things together in a way that um, is really pretty unique in uh, rock and roll that was their uh yeah, that was yeah. their thing That
1: was that was co- quite interesting for them to do that and I, and I bet you a lot of times it came from sandy oh, right, 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 well that yeah.
0: was my that was why i asked you about sandy perlman because you get the feeling that he was sort of the 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 I don't want to say puppet master.
2: You want to say brains of the operation? Not brain. Well, no, <laughs> no, because no, no. They're all guys. College with right, went right, exactly. with But
0: he seemed to be it's the idea the guy. The, he was Boy. like, I, he he had like this vision, you know. Imaginos was that the op, the thing you're talking about Imaginos. where they did?
1: It's called Imaginos. Ima- Imagine sorry. <laughs> Whatever. And it was a work in progress for like thirty or forty years. Wow!
0: But they finally put it out.
1: Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was Albert and Sandy.
0: Imagine See they're us. college
1: guys, and, and, and but they're not in the like pyramid manager thing. They're more
2: like
0: you you know, really yeah, are sideways. Um, it's like a horizontal, rip, 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 horizontal.
2: Rip, rip, guitar. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. all. He's part of Blue Oyster Cult as much as uh, yeah, I yeah guys. exactly. And
1: that was kind of unique. You didn't really have that kind of arrangement. Right. Right. You know the talent and the management,
0: right? Right. The, n- so, so let blended. me ask you: Going
2: back to when you guys were teenagers, who do you did you did you and uh, D Boone sort of uh, discover them together, or did one of you guys sort of turn the other one? I off told you, and... D Boone only knew about Creed. Oh, okay, you, it was you. You had a you. you well, I'm the a guy who knew. About that. So
0: you saw okay. him live first and told D Boone. No, about no, Boone no, no we
1: saw him live together. Ah, okay, okay. okay. But, I, I had I had you know, and I've heard I heard about him, I told you uh, they'd be on the on the radio. Ron McCoy, this DJ on KNEC and especially that one that wasn't on an album it's called Bucks Boogie it was on yep. a couple yeah 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 guitars that destroyed the world right Carlos Santana saw all these like hotshot guitar guys right yep. right right but uh, and, and-
2: uh, but he definitely he definitely grabbed onto it. He he grabbed onto it like, oh, yeah. oh my God, no, this no, is my yeah this is my I jam. Did not
1: have to talk. I did not have to talk D e Boone into like a blue oyster called T T-Rex. <laughs> right,
2: right, right. She just didn't know. If you don't know, you, you don't-, don't know. That's it. Right. That's a thing. And that's why me and Barry, to doing the show, you realize so much stuff you get from your little click, your friends you have. You know, you turn each other on to shit. Oh, you got to listen to this. And, and it's sad because that's kind of something, I don't know if it goes on as much now as it did then. I mean, maybe it does. I don't know what the
0: hell the kids are that doing. Le- you mean?
2: know
1: what that was f- in those days? The cassette player, so you would make a uh, mixtape. Yeah, It's a little past this stage. At this yeah. stage, you always played whole sides of albums and shit, but then start making these, co- with, especially with the punk movement, because a lot of these bands didn't have whole albums. They only had sangles. Right, right, right. So right, you right. P- put these things together, and it would be a virus. Yeah, it'd be a virus. You'd pass it on. That's basically <laughs> a, how you know, it a spread. A creative meme, a real yeah. meme.
0: No, right. for real. So that live uh, fourth song EP was the live at Nuggets Pizza Parlor, and that's a really yeah. good thing to listen to because it <laughs> captures some of that live energy yeah, that they had that you don't necessarily.
1: Yeah, nice. All right, again we're top of the telescope, too, too, too uh, careful on the album, but there it's pretty wild ass. It's good,
0: right?
2: All right, well, uh, Mike, thank you so much for, yeah, well, uh, that was for awesome. coming on the show and talking about this. No, we, no uh, problem. We, I tell you, this had a huge effect. Oh yeah, you so can uh,
1: you can uh, tell. People. And Andy Boone, The Tyranny Mutation was, like,
0: very, very important. We I don't, And we didn't talk about, about the title the at all. About this fucking record. We didn't talk about the title, Tyranny and Mutation. It
1: comes from the guy who did the artwork for the first two album covers. His name was uh, Bill uh, Galwick. Okay. We don't know a lot about him. It's really mysterious. He disappeared after this. Right, but right. But he came up also with the, the, the symbol. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. he drew the symbol. And he and was they, the one. They, played him, they wanted him to make the artwork for the second record. And they played him the music. And he, like, listened to it, I think, for a week straight. Maybe he was on Methamphetamine. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what. Yeah, serious sure. Serious right, about right, right. This. But she said what the music was to him was tyranny and mutation. Uh, and so they call right, the great. record. That's great.
0: Well, maybe he was a victim of the quicklime girl. That's why he disappeared. Who knows
2: um, all right, Mike, I just want to mention also, uh, people should know you have, you yourself have a very entertaining podcast called the, the what I never from... use that word. I never use that podcast. Word. Yeah. Never, it's oh, a show. you don't use that. The show. It's my internet show. The Watt. Okay. All right. The Watt Most from. People
1: don't even make that machine anymore. Why be a shill? <laughs> the Watt from Not my pewters or Apple. I'm not against them or anything like that, but right, right. Uh, I call it my show. It's an MP3 file that lives on the internet. If you have got a pewter or a leash, you can fucking download it. Listen, <laughs> the Watt from Pedro
2: show. It is great though. It's very entertaining. Last month,
1: last month nineteen years, all six hundred sixty-seven episodes are really ar- yeah. wfps dot com. They're three hours each. Awesome. I'm gonna do the next one in twenty. You know, I've been doing three a week
0: since this uh, lockdown.
1: Uh, Twenty-four minutes. I do the number 668 wow okay so I, got a, I got
0: a question for you what do you still okay. own, you still own a, a a les paul studio base a black les paul studio base not black but it was brown brown I gave,
1: I gave it to my buddy to sell because of hospital bills and
0: yeah so you bought it says i remember from the hoot page you said you bought that in athens georgia it's that's what yeah, it said so we- you know that i i i that was mine. I sold it to that music store. I owned it. It was, a lot, it was <laughs> called
1: a Les Paul Professional.
0: Yeah. And it weighed like, I don't know, 50 or 60 pounds. pounds. <laughs> yeah. It was impossible to play.
1: It was had a gigantic rubber grommet.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I owned it for a while before I sold it to that music store because oh, nice. I it would basically you would play it for ten minutes and then your arm you would have to go to the see your physical therapist because it weighed so much.
1: I mean, it sounded good. I recorded the third dose album. With
0: yeah, but it's yeah, oh, it nice. sounded great. I but I put a preamp in it because it had low impedance pickups and no gain. That's right. That's right. Little as those black those black bars. So um, yeah. So that I, that was just wanted to make sure that traced that lineage correctly on that bass.
2: It's <laughs> good to know
1: in those <laughs> days. There's no internet, and that, not even that magazine Vintage Guitar was out yet, so people didn't know how much that shit cost. I bought right. that thing for $300. I right. know, right?
2: Sure. Isn't it yeah. amazing? Isn't
0: it crazy? Yeah.
1: And Smyrna, not too far away up the road.
0: Yeah, Smyrna, Georgia. Right yep.
1: from Marietta, Smyrna. And uh, I got a Les Paul
0: signature for 300 bucks. Uh, wow. <laughs> they called
1: Jack Cassidy's now. Yeah, right. And I even got Les Paul to sign this thing. He was doing a gig In Torrance, not too far from here, and he talked to me for like two hours. Oh shit! Put his donut on his whammy bar. Yeah, the other two guys in his band were looking at me like you You motherfucker. We're trying to leave. (laughs) You got him talking. Sound check, right? And I just came in to get. You know what he put on it? You know, I use my fingers, but he put "keep on picking," Mike. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Something tells me he may have written – that may have been what everybody got their, their guitar signed <laughs> with. That's what everyone got.
1: <laughs> he but he was nice. He told me about them forgetting half of the echo chambers in the Capitol studio and having to dig
2: it up, put the other half in. He yeah. had all these stories.
1: Yeah, they were great. Oh, Beautiful. Man.
2: Well, you, have, you got stories, man. You, you got have, stories, Mike. You've had some life, and you're still you're still doing it. You're still kicking it. So uh, that's great to hear. And uh, – I. I'm yeah. a product of all this shit. Right, right. But it's great to hear your your passion. You still, when you talk about an album like this, it has such effect on you. You still have that passion you had when you were I a teenager. Lying. I would be lying not to acknowledge this stuff. Right, exactly. All right, so thanks again, Mike, uh, for being on the show. Yeah, uh, once you, again, people, awesome. you know, you go to Patreon dot com forward slash trgmh become a patron of uh, me and Barry's little show we would appreciate it uh, Mike once again thank you so much for taking the time beyond this is a big thrill for both this of us. is
0: and we will uh, send you a link so you can uh,
2: yeah yeah it's, hear it'll it. be out when it when it's out official uh, on the interwebs and uh, thanks again Mike so once again uh, that is Barry Stock
0: that is Rob Elba we are
2: that record got me how we will see you guys next week we are out
1: Barry Rob Big love. Thanks for having me aboard.
0: Thank you, Mike. Mike. Stay safe. Be well, man. Take
2: Take Take
0: care.